Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. You notice the Frank Reich comments about Carson Wentz. Uh, Basically, I can paraphrase, but basically what Reich said was, if you turn on the film in 2019, that, that proved that Carson Wentz still had it. Your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I just think that's not quite the sample you want to be going off. You're still believing Carson Wentz. <laughs> you know, at the time, I really did uh, feel like high on those games. I'm not going to lie because I thought, you know, Carson Wentz was kind of exercising his demons and, and reproving himself. But, you know, when you look at the context of those final four games in 2019, like, first of all, he wasn't absolutely like setting the world on fire. And he's I know the team was injured. He's working with practice squad players. But I think the coaching did really good down the stretch there as well. It wasn't just like the coaching was terrible and Carson Wentz was overcoming that, too. I think there was a mixture of great coaching. Carson Wentz played well and he did it against very bad NFC's teams like those teams. <laughs> he was playing at the end of the season were terrible. And again, I'm not trying to take that away from him and saying he was actually bad. But I just wouldn't be like using that as the basis to be like, this is an elite player. And then ignoring like all of 2020 which was a huge issue I think Carson Wentz realistically his 2019 season as a whole will kind of be like more of the player he is moving forward in the future than he is last year but like what is that what kind of player is that that's a player who I think the Eagles went nine and seven with that quarterback and I think that's kind of where you're looking at as opposed to more of like you know a double digit win team regularly you know 11 wins 12 wins 13 wins Uh, the whole Carson Wentz thing stats is funny because a lot of Eagles fans are like well why are you still talking about him well guess what people listening to this i'm on a national podcast now so i can talk about it and it's relevant and you can't control what i say um but yeah i I just think his comments his own comments like going beyond frank reich's what frank reich had to say what carson wentz had to say in his own introductory press conference last week that's just a term that i want to introduce to the oddcast audience stats called ble and that's big loser energy and i just think carson wentz had a lot of that (laughs) because two main things from that press conference he said a trade wasn't his control false that is just such a lie he also said that the moment he knew like this might not be it with the eagles anymore was the moment he got benched like almost to say that like the benching wasn't justified it's crazy to me yeah i mean the fact that they didn't take questions from philly writers at his introductory press conference to me that well they did really bad they 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 oh they actually did they ended up well stats if if you know a Philly beat writer, they are persistent. Nothing, if nothing is not persistent. So they ultimately got in, but originally they weren't going to. Yes, you're right. Right. And that to me, like that's pillowy soft. 
Like, what do you do? You can't take a question from a, you're not even on the team anymore. What, what do you think he's going to do to you? He's not going to come up and strangle you. Like answer the question. What, what are you afraid of? That is the weird part of this to me. And I, I didn't like what Frank Reich said either. Like, of course, if you ignore the bad things a player has done, they still look good. Like the year before his final season, Peyton Manning threw 39 touchdowns. He looked pretty good. But then in 2015, he threw nine touchdowns. But just you can't just ignore the bad. I don't like that as an evaluation process. And I thought that Reich had an interesting quote, too, where he talked about how basically the Colts are planning on drafting a guy this year. And then this Carson Wentz thing sort of fell into their lap. I don't know. I wonder if halfway through the season, Frank Reich isn't sitting on the sideline being like, man, why didn't we just draft a guy? I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I had heard some things, stats, before the Colts trade happened that Frank Reich wasn't like 100% all in, like like no questions asked. We got to get Carson Wentz no matter what. Like Frank Reich has worked with Carson Wentz before. And I'm not trying to paint Carson Wentz as like this locker room cancer or this bad guy because I don't think he is that. I, I, I don't. And I think um, I just think the issue is that he's entitled and I think there's a level of arrogance there. And I genuinely wanted in my heart of hearts – for him to be benched this season. I think I talked about it here in the oddcast, in addition to BGN radio. Like I wanted Carson Wentz to be benched. One of the big reasons why is because I thought it would humble him. And I thought he would like be like, oh, I need to like really check myself here and look in the mirror and like change things up. But it didn't. It just made him think like he was wronged. <laughs> and like I think that's such a crazy <laughs> takeaway from being it's like, no, you weren't wrong for being benched. You deserve to be benched. If anything, you should have been benched way sooner than you were benched. It's so crazy to me. So it kind of hurts as someone who used to believe, not Jalen Hurts, but just you know regular Hurts, <laughs> uh, as someone who really did believe in Carson Wentz, it hurts to see that because like I want him to do well, not for the sake of the Eagles now, of course, but like as someone who used to believe in Carson Wentz, I, I wish he could get back to form. I think that would be great. It'd be great for the NFL as a whole. Um, but I just don't buy that he's going to get there when he's not able to take accountability for what went wrong. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, 
We'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.